There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I know there's power, power, wondrous working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb, of the Lamb. There is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Now tell me, would you be freed from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil the victory win? There is wonder-working power in the blood. I know there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Good morning, beloved. Good morning. Grace and peace be unto you. This is your friend, your brother, Pastor Apostle Patrick L. Tate, coming to you as a friend, coming to you as a brother, and coming to you also as a friend of Jesus Christ. Jesus is truly a friend indeed. If you have him as a friend, you find it to be true that you don't have to worry about anything in life. It's not to say that different things won't come your way in life, but it is to say that with him on board, with him in your life, you'll be able to handle things far better than without him in your life. If you don't have him as a friend, look into asking him to be your friend and also look into befriending him in return. It will work wonders for you. Now, I would like to talk to you about something on this morning that's been brought to my attention that needs to be shared with God's people. But before doing this, we'd like to have a word of prayer. So if you'd join me in a brief word of prayer, we'd appreciate it. Gracious and eternal God, we thank you for this day, this morning, in the wee hours, during the quiet time, where we can hear from you and you can speak to our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our soul. We thank you for health. We thank you for life. We thank you for strength today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and we thank you for grace. We thank you for your loving kindness. We also thank you for new mercy this morning as well as the daily benefit that you loadeth us down with right now. We ask you, O oh God, to speak to us this morning, in increase our faith, stir our faith 
on today. Help us to know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're going to talk a little bit from the word of God on this day where people's faith can be increased and they can know for assurance that you are all they need to make it in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask all things for Christ's sake and ours. Thank God and amen. Amen. Beloved, I would like to share something with you in regards to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a very interesting and powerful kingdom. This kingdom is like no other ever on earth. Before my time, during my time, or in times to come. There's no kingdom like the kingdom of God. Other kingdoms have arisen down through the years and tried to establish themselves as a great power. But other kingdoms can be defeated. On the other hand, the kingdom of God could never be defeated because it's a kingdom of all power. God is all power and his kingdom represents him all power. So he will never be defeated, never has been and never will be. And it's good to be in a kingdom where you know that if you take part in the kingdom as a royal citizen, you can always have the victory. How do you know that you're a royal citizen? Well, for one, if you're saved, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And once the Holy Ghost has come into your life, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. First Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. How does that have an alignment with the kingdom of God? Well, I'm glad you asked. In the middle of that particular verse of scripture, it says that you're a royal priesthood. Royalty has to do with a kingdom. Hallelujah. Romans 14 and 17 lets us know that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. Let me say it like this so we'll have a very clear view of what the kingdom of God represents. It represents righteousness in the Holy Ghost, peace in the Holy Ghost, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise our God. This is a powerful kingdom, the greatest kingdom to ever be. And uh, as citizens of the kingdom, there is something that this kingdom 
hallelujah, brings forth in people who are citizens of this kingdom. And you'll find that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, which it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law. And there's something I'd like to do with that verse of scripture to give a very clear insight of how those fruit ought to be represented. Love, joy, and peace come in a category of the spirit of God with you. This is a surefire sign that the Spirit of God is with you. Love, joy, and peace in your life. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness is what you are to portray to people around you. We are to be patient, which is, which is long-suffering, with people around us. We ought to be good to people around us. Long-suffering gentleness, goodness. We ought to be gentle with people around us, which sets us apart from the average people in the world because most people are not patient. Neither are they gentle, neither are they good. But if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, these fruit manifest in your life. So we have the sign that God is with us. We have patience with people. We're gentle with people. We're good to people so we know how to treat people. And uh, hallelujah, M meekness, faith, and temperance. Faith, rather, meekness and, temp and temperance which has to do with yourself, your inner man, having faith in God, being meek, which means not doing everything you could do in regarding defending yourself. Meek is strength under control. That's the definition of meekness, strength under control and temperance because when you have the Holy Spirit and these fruit are manifest or this fruit is manifest in your life with the, with the nine different manifestations of the fruit, then you have a lot of power. You're more powerful than you know you are. You have a lot of strength. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit on this morning how much power a person really obtains when they are citizens in the kingdom of God. And the way I'm going to do that today is to share some personal testimonies with you where I learned what I have and who I am in the kingdom of God. I can remember in my early days of salvation, 
when first receiving the Holy Spirit, it was such a joyous occasion until I did a lot of praising. You know, I praise God with clapping of my hands. I praise God in song. I praise God in the dance. I praise God with shouts of adoration, which is not fancy footwork. When you're shouting, that has to do with your voice, audible, opening your mouth, like the psalmist told us in Psalm 81 and 10b. It says, open wide your mouth and God will fill it. So we'd open our mouth wide and praise God and great sounds of joy come from our mouths when we praise God in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. And that's a good thing to do. We're supposed to praise the Lord. We're supposed to worship the Lord. He created us to do these things. But what I had to learn is this, that the kingdom of God, uh, the Holy Spirit is not just limited to these things. The Holy Spirit is a doer. He is a spirit of action. Amen. When he moved on the face of the earth in Genesis during the creation, the earth came to life. Light came. Animals were created. Birds began to fly. Fish began to swim. Man was created in the image and likeness of God. Amen. When the Holy Spirit Praise our God would move on certain chosen people that God chose to do a great work through them. Great things were accomplished by him moving in the Old Testament. In the book of Judges, verse or chapter rather, excuse me, chapter 13 through 16, there was a man by the name of Samson, whom when the Holy Spirit would move on him, he did great things beyond human strength. He did what would take usually an army to do, but because the Holy Spirit endowed him with power, he was able to do it all alone with no assistance, no help from any other human being. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is also productive. The Holy Spirit hovered over Mary, the mother of Jesus, implanted a seed in her where she became impregnated with a child. The child's name is Jesus Christ. She bore him into the earth and he's not the seed of man, but he's the seed of God. He's the only begotten son of God. And he's the reason that I'm able to speak to you this morning the way I am because he lives in me. Holy Spirit is with me. Amen. He gives me power to do these things because I guarantee you without him, I couldn't do this. But with him, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And I said that because Christ represents the anointing and the anointing represents the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me get to this testimony. When I begin to learn that there's more to salvation than what I aforementioned, the praising and whatnot, the Lord took me on a journey in Fort Worth, Texas. He took me on a journey and began to show me things about him that I had never experienced before in my life. 
He began to show me what he can do. As I mentioned, the Holy Spirit is a doer. One thing is, he took me places to teach me how to get around. And I had an incident where I was learning the city. I was riding a bus, which is the route number 26 bus there in Fort Worth. And this day, the Holy Spirit had the driver to turn a different route because I caught the wrong 26 because there was more than one, but it was actually the right 26 because God was about to show me something. And this bus let me out in its last stop. And that last stop was down in the bottoms of Texas there in Fort Worth. And I didn't know where I was going, but the driver said I had to get out right here and wait for another bus, which he didn't know when one was coming. So I got out, and yes, I was afraid because I had a visual condition that I had never had once before in my life. However, the Lord began to teach me through faith, which is part of the fruit of the Spirit, how to trust in Him and His power and to do, to do no matter how things felt, no matter how things appeared. Trust Him and you'll be able to do anything that God gives you the power to do. So the Holy Spirit told me to start walking back in the direction I had come from. So I started walking and he told me when to turn, when to stay straight. He said, don't worry about the houses. And that was a place that I had no idea was a dangerous place. But at the time I didn't know it was dangerous because no one came outside. All while I was down in the bottoms it was just me, hallelujah, and the Holy Ghost walking. And he would tell me to turn here and turn there. And what he was doing was teaching me how to hear his voice clearly and not to be deceived by hearing what man has to say concerning what they think about my life. I found out that people have a lot to say when they notice that God's hand is on your life. And what they have to say is about 80% wrong each time they say it because their purpose is to keep you from going forward. And this is generally, generally from people who are not doing anything in the church or in the kingdom of God. So they don't want you to show them up. And your goal is not to show them up. You're just glad to be who you are. But because they don't want to work, they don't want you to work. So they'll tell you things. And that was the incident that happened to me, how I ended up in Texas. However, I took this walk with the Holy Spirit. And he told me at a certain point, look up. Now, I told you in the beginning, my name is Patrick Tate. And he said, what do you see? And I saw a street sign that said, kill Patrick. Now, we know what that's telling me. He's telling me that as sheep are led to the slaughter, that I am to die daily if I'm going to be effective in the kingdom of God as he would have me to be. And he said, okay, you see the sign. And instantly I knew what he was trying to tell me. Not trying, he just told me verbatim straight out. Okay, I begin to walk further. He said, continue to walk. 
I walked further. He said, take another turn. I turned. I went further down the road. He said, stop and look up. What does the sign say? The sign said, good man. And he immediately told me, the more you kill Patrick, the more of a good man you'll become. And he said, look up a few, go up a few feet further and look. And as I went up a few feet further and looked, there was that bus that dropped me off waiting for me to take me home. The Holy Spirit takes care of his people. He will take care of his own. Amen. Not only is he a doer and in giving instruction, he is also a protector. There's another incident where I was staying in a beautiful trailer home and trailer homes there in Fort Worth, Texas and the land and the grounds, how they keep them is not like most trailer homes you would imagine as ghettoish or hoodish or anything like that, but they're beautiful, they're immaculate. They are well kept. They have porches in the front and the back and both porches are deck porches. There's a patio, there's a driveway, there's a basketball court right there on the side of your house in the trailer park. And all the houses are well kept and every lawn is well cut. And you have your barbecue grill area. Beautiful place. Amen. And in this particular trailer park, I live toward the back of the park and my mailbox was in the entrance, in the beginning of the park, the front. So what I was to do was to drive my truck to the mailbox daily and check my mail. And this time of year, time had passed on, time had progressed. And I was living there in the winter months. Actually, it was around my birthday. I was born December 15th, 1964. And this was around that time. And for the first time in my life, I was able to go outside in December with no snow on the ground and I would have on a shirt, a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and I could go outside in 75 degree weather in December. So I did this and this particular day I went to get my mail but I didn't drive. Big mistake due to racism and prejudices and things like that that are around us and we don't always see it until we get in a position where we can't do anything about it. So I decided to walk and the Holy Spirit told me, you need to drive down to the mailbox. He was teaching me, keep in mind, now he was teaching me how to hear him clearly. And I'm thinking that it was my flesh telling me that because I'm learning his voice in a way that I've never knew his voice before. So I take my happy self to the front of the land there, the lot, and I go inside and check my mail, not knowing that there was a Caucasian boy about the age of 17 who saw me go in without my truck. And he had a full grown black pit bull with white tiger stripes. And when I came outside, he was outside with this dog with a thick chain in his hand waiting for me. And I didn't even know this boy. So I said, what in the world? And 
they were just about 15 to 20 feet away from me. I didn't have time to do anything. So the Holy Ghost told me, jump as high as you can. And when you land, look that dog in the face and scream as loud as you can. And I did just that. Wasn't no time to think about it. And when I did that, that dog, because the boy had dropped the chain to let the dog come at me. He smiled at me first, then he dropped the chain. And when I did that, that dog, you could hear his nails trying to put on the brakes and not touch me and come near me because he saw something. What he saw, I'm glad I didn't see. <laughs> he saw what Jesus experienced, I believe, there after Jesus had been baptized in the River Jordan. The Holy Ghost, I said, is a protector. And one of his ways to protect is to transform himself. He came upon Jesus in the form of a full-bodied dove. Not, not to sit on his shoulder, but he engulfed him with his spirit as a dove. Amen. And whatever that pit bull saw, he did not want to touch me. And he made a mistake because he was coming fast. They don't take any time to pick up speed. And he made, the, he made the mistake of grazing my leg with his rib, trying to keep from touching me. And when that dog got his footing, he was off to the races. He was gone. And that boy had the nerve to ask me what I did to his dog. And I didn't do anything to the dog. The Holy Ghost showed the dog what he needed to see so he wouldn't bother me. And if that boy was in Milwaukee, <laughs> he wouldn't have been asking about his dog. He'd been asking me to stop hitting him. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're human. Amen. But I looked at that incident and the Holy Ghost said, go home in a hurry. And I did that. And he told me, always listen to me, Patrick. I'm trying to teach you something. And I said, yes, from here on out, you got it. I know that's him. So in these things taking place, the Holy Ghost began to show me the sides to him that I'd never experienced because he is a helper. The Bible calls him a helper. Amen. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's a strengthener. He is an advocate. He's a standby. He's the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when you're in the kingdom of God, these are some of the benefits that you have in having the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost also will help you with your bills. Amen. We were going to a church at that time and we were tithing and giving our offerings. And we got into a predicament where I was no longer able to work like I should have been because people began to be afraid of hiring me because I was more of an liability than an asset because of my visual condition so work got slim and sometimes the rent would be behind however where i was worshiping because of my faithfulness to my service to god and what i had to offer my rent would be paid and they would tell me i don't owe them anything god took care of me he provides for his people he takes care of his own. If you belong to God, God will take care of you. Amen. 
This is why this pandemic doesn't shake me up. I'm not shaken by it. However, I'm not going to be a fool and just do anything because I'm not shaken. I'm going to abide by the guidelines, but I'm not worried about getting stuck, injected with anything. I'm not worried about anything like that. I'm not afraid of needles, but I don't allow poison into my body, especially when it's not approved. And I used to work at a chemistry lab and everything that came out of there had to be FDA approved. Otherwise, it didn't leave. And the law has not changed. People have changed. People are panicky. People are fearful. People are afraid. So they'll do anything for peace sake, which they think, because the things that they're doing won't bring peace. It'll bring heartache and damage to the body. However, the Holy Ghost is my keeper. He's keeping me now. And yes, I've heard several people talk about how important it is to get the vaccine. You know, there are people who are setting up churches as vaccine stations, which is a question of faith. Where is your faith, people? I'm not going to go into that. Let me stick with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is a comforter. He's an intercessor. He's praying for us right now. Amen. He's our strengthener because the joy of the Lord is our strength and righteousness, peace, and joy is in the Holy Ghost, in the kingdom of God. Amen. He wants to be there for us. He wants to be our guide. There's another incident when I was on the freeway there because I was determined to keep trying to drive with my good eye. However, things got worse and I had to stop. But while I was doing what I could, I ran into an incident where I caught a flat on the freeway in Texas. That is not a good place to catch a flat. Speed limit, 65 to 75 miles an hour. So you know people are doing 85 easy. And to catch a flat on the freeway in the, in, in the left lane, the fast lane is not good at all. And that happened to me. And as I was pulling over into the inside part of the freeway there where the wall divided the south from the north direction, a police car came and I thought I was in trouble because he slowed down and looked at me. And when he came, he pulled in front of my truck and he had a very boyish face. But to let me know that the Holy Ghost had sent help, oh my God, when this officer got out of that car, and I kid you not, no exaggeration, he had to be every bit of seven feet tall. And he came back to my truck and all I could do is stare at him because I had never seen a person that tall looking like a boy in the face in my life. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And he came and was kind to me. He was nice to me. He was not evil at all. And he was Caucasian. And in Texas, there's a lot of prejudice. But this man was nice because God sent him. And that man sat with me and he didn't leave my side. And he said, do you have a way of getting help? I said, I've already called for help. He said, I'm going to sit here and make sure nothing happens to you while your help comes. Tell me that wasn't the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is our helper. Amen. And he did just that. My help came. He left. He didn't even talk to my help. He just, oh, the, the help. He didn't talk to the help. He just left. The officer just left because his mission was accomplished. 
Holy Ghost knows how to beckon for angels to come to your rescue. Amen. That was an angel that came to my rescue because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Another thing that took place, and I'm going to try to wrap this up here because I don't want to take too much time. But another thing that took place there um, in the church that I worshiped at, they had something that you call cell groups. And I loved it because cell groups are groups of us who got together one to two days out of the week and we'd, we'd meet at different ones' houses and we'd bring whatever was on the list for us to bring. They'd give you a call and say what they already had and ask what could you contribute. And you'd bring whatever you could contribute and we'd have potluck and talk about the goodness of God. Hmm, something that would help us today if we'd get together and have potlucks and talk about the goodness of God rather than talk about all of the trouble that's around because what you speak on, you give power to with your tongue. Amen. However, we would talk of the goodness of God. And this particular time was the first time that I was to go to a cell meeting and I found out about prejudices even in church. But however, we got past that because when I got to the place where they told me I was to come, they didn't give me the correct address. So a police officer, again, comes out of nowhere and asks me, who are you looking for? I said, I was invited to come to a meeting in so-and-so's house and I can't seem to find it. I see every address but theirs. He pulled out a book and the flashlight there in the police car. He pulled out a book and a flashlight. Asked me the name of the people I told him. He said their house is right over there. He pointed at it. And he closed one eye and told me to be safe and have a blessed night. Another angel. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost sent help once again. And just as sure as he pointed that house out, I went to the door. We rang the doorbell. They looked amazed because we found the house. And we sat and we talked and we enjoyed. But they still looked astonished and they were sad because they became shame. They became convicted that they mistreated a newcomer to the city of Fort Worth because of their, their, their beliefs and their feelings, whatever. But they learned that day that we're all, if we're saved, we're all family, no matter the shade of our skin. Amen. So we learned some things there about the Holy Ghost. And just to hit on that cell group, cell groups have to do with this. We are, those of us who are saved, are the body of Christ on the earth. We are his body on the earth. Amen. And uh, his blood cleanses us to make us members of the body of Christ. Amen. But there are also, when there needs to be an area on the body healed due to some type of damage, something called white blood cells. 
white blood cells come in bunches and go to the injured area of our bodies in real life. And they begin to gather around that area that's, hallelujah. And oh, if you get the revelation to this, it'll bless you. They gather around that injured area of the body and they don't move until that area is healed. And the way you know that area is healed, there is a scar left. But as time progresses, that scar removes itself. And that place that was damaged becomes as if it were never damaged. That's what white blood cells do. And that's what we are to the body of Christ. Because when we get washed in the blood of Jesus, we are washed white as snow. Now we are to help keep the body of Christ healed and whole. Who is the body of Christ? We are your brother, your sister in Christ. And if there's a trauma going on, if there's something going on that's not going well in your brother or sister's life, it is really our duty to gather around that individual or those individuals and do what is necessary, what it takes to make better their situation. Hallelujah. So that's why we called it cell meetings. And what I liked about it is we did it by zip code. We didn't do it by friends. We did it by zip code because if we did it by friends, nobody would get to meet new people. We'd all pick out who we want every week and just have a blast and go home. But we met new people, meaning we learned about different culture because there were different people from different walks of life. We had Australians in the group. We had Africans in the group. We had Filipinas in the group. We had Americans in the group. So we all had something to share about our personal experiences with Christ with one another from different cultures. So God wants us to know one another because we are one. Amen. We are one in the spirit. Hallelujah. We are one in the spirit. So I hope what I share with you encourages you regarding the kingdom of God and what you have the power to do and what power resides in your favor. I have one more. I feel the Holy Ghost prompting me to tell this. If you remember in the book of Joshua chapter 10, when there was a battle going on, <clears throat> excuse me, Joshua and the children of Israel were in battle and the fight was so long and intense that they began to lose because the sun started going down. Amen. And Joshua said, God, what are we going to do? God told Joshua to speak to the sun and tell it to stay still in a jalan and speak to the moon. Excuse me. And tell the moon to stay still in Bashan. And he did that. And they had enough light to last them to finish the battle and get the victory. We have the power. Now, we have the power to speak to the elements. We have the power to speak to nature. We have the power to tell things in the air how to act. Some may say that's crazy. Well, I don't think Joshua would say that it's crazy. It saved him and hundreds of thousands of soldiers from being destroyed. 
because he spoke to the elements. He spoke to nature. Amen. And this is my last testimony. In that same trailer park, there was a tornado warning. There was a tornado There was a tornado warning there and it was said that tornadoes do come through and when they through when they do they tear up the whole trailer park and the Lord began to remind me through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, do you remember what you've been being taught about speaking to the elements there at the church? That was a very powerful church. I want you to know Eagle Mountain International Church was a very, and it probably still is. I don't know. I haven't been there in years, but it was a very powerful church. I haven't been there in almost 20 years. Praise God. But I, we were being taught about how to speak to the elements because there's power in our tongue. We can give life to things and we can kill things with our tongue. Hmm, that's another message however the Holy Ghost told me to go outside and lift my hands in the direction of where that tornado was coming from and curse it and tell it it will not destroy my home or anybody's home in this trailer park in the back part of the of the park there was a big pond of water and that tornado was on its way. And as it got to the water, I looked out of my window and saw it. As it got to the water, because I went back in the house after doing what the Holy Ghost told me to do, that thing began to dissipate and come to nothing. And that whole trailer park was spared. Nobody would, Hayanamashanda. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. That whole trailer park was spared. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's also, I thought I was done. He's also a translator. He can translate us. What do I mean by that? In the book of Luke, my final hallelujah description of him. In the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus went into the synagogue and around verse 14, I want to say through 17, he began to give description of himself about preaching to the poor, giving sight to the blind. And he began to tell what Isaiah 61 said about him. And when he got to the day about the day of vengeance, he didn't speak on that because that's not time yet. But he told of his whole, he said, the spirit of God is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor and so on and so forth. And in saying that, the people got angry because they thought he was being blasphemous. But no, he was telling them who he is. Word to the wise, if people can't handle who you are, don't try to prove anything to them. Just go where you are needed because there are some people who know who you are, but they don't want to see you have anything. They don't want to see you make anything of yourself. Go where you are needed. Don't worry about impressing anyone. Don't worry about the elitist club. Don't worry about the who's who's bunch. Because all they really have and want is each other. And if you're trying to force your way into something like that, you're wasting your precious time. You could be doing something more valuable than trying to be accepted by people who really can't stand their own self. Amen. So be where you're needed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So glory to God. 
they pushed him out of the out of the synagogue and they tried to force him off the edge of the cliff. You can read it in Luke chapter four. And when they got to the cliff, he had already in the Holy Ghost turned around and began to make his way through the crowd without them knowing it, going to safety. And he was headed to safety to the Mount of Olives, I believe. I have to read it again. But the Mount of Olives to pray, they didn't know where he went. But the Holy Ghost guided him through that crowd. And they didn't even know he was being guided. All they know is they thought they had him at the edge of the cliff and he was nowhere to be found because the Holy Ghost is a translator. How many times have you been in a dangerous situation and the Holy Ghost protected you? You really don't know. All we know is we got home safe. We left where we were from home. We left home and went where we were going. And when we got from done where we were going, we got home safe because the Holy Ghost is a translator. There might have been somebody who had you in their mind to hurt and he didn't let them see you. <laughs> he can do that, you know, and I don't even worry about the times he does it. I'm just glad he keeps us. Hallelujah. The song say the song says amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a rich like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And then it goes on to say, through many dangers, here we are, toils and snares, I have already come. His grace has led me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. So I want you, beloved, to be encouraged here and just know that there's more to the kingdom of God than meets the eye. Tap into it. See how it works out for you. Watch God take care of you. Hallelujah. We love you now, and we pray that you have a blessed day, and stay healthy and be safe, and we'll, we'll, we'll be praying for you until next time. God bless you. Amen.